Welcome to the Exec MBA Podcast. I'm your host, Brett Twitty, and you are listening to a new episode. On this episode of the podcast, I'm excited to share my interview with two students in our Executive MBA class of 2023, Matt Gray and Jack Elsie. Matt and Jack recently joined me on the podcast to talk more about their respective MBA journeys. In this conversation, they reflect upon their backgrounds, how they decided to pursue an MBA, what led them to Darden, their experience as executive MBA students as they transitioned from their first year to second year in the program, and so much more. I think you're really going to enjoy this conversation. So without further ado, here's my interview with Matt Gray and Jack Elsie. Matt, Jack, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having us, Brett. Yeah, Brett, thanks. Thanks for having us. Well, for our listeners, it's important for them to know the origin story of this particular interview. It began in the, e- in the evening uh, at Continental Beer Garden here in Roslyn. There was an executive MBA class of 2023 social event. And I was standing there working the door. Um, and um, I think both of you came up to me and were like, we got to get on the podcast. Uh, we need, we need, the world needs to hear our stories. And I mean, that's persuasive enough for your podcast host. And um, here you are. You've made it. Yeah, I would say that's a fairly accurate, accurate story. Um, you know, yeah. we've, we've been talking about it amongst ourselves for, for a little while. And I guess we both saw the, the same opportunity to, to, to talk to the famous Brett Twitty in person and see if we couldn't make it happen. I don't know about famous. I at least host the Exec MBA podcast. We'll, we'll go that. We'll go that far. So, um, so, and and of course, Matt. Um, I think you also had reached out because your story. You know, travel into the DC area for the weekend residencies. You're based in Texas. When I met you as a prospective student, I think you were living out in California. Yeah. Uh, so, and wanted to share a little bit about your experience as someone who travels in uh, for yeah. these weekend residencies. So, this is great. Yeah, absolutely. Happy to be here. And it's, uh, yeah, I think there's this prospective students and maybe looking at outside of the, the Roslyn and, and Nova area. And I think just kind of sharing, you know, my experience and how the program has been so far is, is something that would, that would be useful. So happy to be here. And, uh, yeah, that beer garden story definitely checks out. That sounds exactly, uh, what I remember. Well, we're nothing if not accurate here, you know, on the Exec MBA podcast. Our listeners hold us to a very high standard. Um, so, Let's talk a little bit more about the two of you. So, Jack, let me come to you first. Uh, tell us a little bit more about who you are, your background, and and what you do currently. Uh, yeah. So, um, <clears throat> I guess I I kind of came to Darden with um, a background mostly in uh, engineering um, as uh, an individual contributor, but also um, as as a manager. And you know, really, what I was hoping to do was to kind of change my way of thinking and be able to uh, speak a little bit more confidently and fluently in the business language. Um, you know, that that seemed to be and and really is the way that uh, people move out of a more technical role um, is to be able to translate up uh, to the executives, but also back down to your your team on the technical side. So, um, you know, my background is is uh, engineering. Uh, you know, very highly technical and trying to transition out of that space and, uh, you know, a little bit up the corporate ladder, ladder more on the business side is it's really what I was trying to get out of this. Um, and, you know, thus far, incredible experience, um, kind of hitting all the all the notes that I was hoping it would and more. So, uh, you know, couldn't be more happy with the uh, 
with the experience to this point. Well, that's great. And I was reflecting at hosting an application hotline webinar just just last night. And one of the slides that we share on the sessions is the under reflects the undergraduate major breakdown for the executive MBA class of 2023. Because we think it's such a important maybe counter narrative to some of the uh, assumptions people have about these kinds of programs and who's in the classroom. I mean, there's almost 50 undergraduate majors represented in your class of about 137 or so people. Um, the top two majors are engineering and poli-sci, political science, almost a quarter of the class. And engineering, invariably, uh, many different flavors of engineering, but engineering uh, is always one of the top, if not the top majors. Um, Jack, I'm gonna put you on the spot, uh, speaking on behalf of the engineering community. Uh, why do you think engineers are drawn uh, to the MBA as a, as a graduate option? Um, you know, I, I think it's because it's very different than what we get in undergrad. Um, you know, very math science heavy, um, a lot of physics, a lot of chemistry um, of, of various types and, you know, very, very advanced math. But our programs are typically very light on any kind of uh, business classes whatsoever. I'll, you know, I had um, two business classes. One was through an engineering lens, so engineering economics, and then the other was um, macroeconomics. And that was really the extent of um, any formal business classes that I had in undergrad. And, and I found that that is uh, that's the case um, along many engineering tracks. Uh, the The business side of uh, <laughs> of the education tends to get um, ignored a little bit when you're trying to to fill in, um, you know, all of uh, all of the things that they deem important to uh, graduate an engineer. So, um, I you know, those skills tend to lack unless you go um, outside of your typical um, engineering track and seek out those um, classes on your own. So I, I think a lot of people um, don't get that until we get a little bit farther in our careers, realize that we have these blind spots. Um, and the best way to go fill those in, um, you know, is, is really an MBA program. Well, thank you for sharing that. Um, I think it's always interesting to hear about, you know, how do people make this decision? That's where a lot of our listeners are kind of weighing out you know, why an MBA? And so I appreciate your sharing that additional background as to why maybe engineers uh, think about an MBA program. Matt, how about you? Tell us your story and your background. Yeah, absolutely. So my, my background's a little bit different, right? So I, I've been in functional support my whole career. So came out of undergrad with a, with a business major with an emphasis in HR. And I've been kind of in the HR human capital space my entire career. Uh, primarily focused on supporting manufacturing assets, refineries, and really kind of operations. Um, you know, I was in the energy space for about 12 years. So both on the upstream and downstream side of typically larger Fortune 500, uh, globally integrated companies, and really enjoyed the work I was doing. I was always close to supporting uh, the GMs, the P&L. And, you know, my kind of epiphany was probably a few years ago of really, you know, working in a function, you, you kind of unintentionally get siloed because you're focused on whether IT, finance, HR, and you kind of have everything driven to, to support the business. I kind of wanted to step back and say, okay, how can I be more commercially focused and think about the enterprise view being so close to the business, wanting to make a bigger impact. And that's where really the conversations with MBA started and then also just starting of really has a reputation of grooming, you know, really, really fantastic GMs and, and the leadership skills. So 
kind of on the different track from Jack, but I was coming from more, I, I need to get more crisp on the quantitative side. So decision analysis, uh, refresh on economics, um, accounting, just going back through that and kind of fine tuning that because with, with HR, it's more coaching, consulting, and, and kind of some of the, the business partnering, not really into the details of, of understanding uh, maybe the P&L like, 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 you, like you need to. So that was kind of my journey. And, and Darden has, you know, 100% delivered. I mean, just, just, the, just the depth of experiences and just the way I look at business problems today in my current role, uh, it's starting to open doors on commercial opportunities with my current organization, which I made a pivot in December to, to pharma, uh, pharmaceuticals and dermatology. And a lot of that was driven by support from Darden and, and kind of reputation and moving into uh, the commercial side. So it's been, um, it's hard to believe being a, a second year now and just looking at the, the journey and the process, um, already the dividends that the Darden is, is yielding in this, in this fantastic program. Matt, I appreciate your sharing your, your career update. Uh, it seems like a number of people in your class have already made career transitions, which every class has its own rhythm and cycles when it comes to this sort of thing. But I do think the class of 2023 has been maybe a, a little bit ahead of other classes in terms of having some of these transitions happen earlier in the program. Yeah, I, I would agree. I mean, for, for the listeners, you know, uh, at the beginning of every on-grounds residency OGR in, in, in Roslyn, we share a homeroom, which is about 30 minutes of just life updates. And it's both on the personal and professional side. Um, we have a healthy amount of updates on the, on the professional side uh, going back to September when we, when we matriculated. So it's been fantastic. And I think, I think our cohort is leveraging opportunities while they're learning. I think the market is, is still, you know, very hot for, for jobs. And I think that's, that's creating this environment where, you know, our class has a lot of opportunities and we're, we're seizing them. I appreciate your sharing that. It's always fun to talk about homeroom. It's one of those things that I'm not sure prospective students always know about, but it's such a joyful moment uh, in the weekend residency and the on-grounds residency, the OGRs as we know them uh, in the program, just to have people share all that good news. And then there's clubs and organization announcements, um, program updates. There's all kinds of things that happen, but you know, lots of news about jobs and babies and new houses and all this kind of stuff. So it's fun to, to hear all of that and to be part of it. So, Jack, you come to Darden, you have an engineering background, all of a sudden you're in business school. Uh, talk to us a little bit about what that adjustment was like. Yeah, um, well, I, it, first of all, it's an adjustment being back in, in school anyway. Uh, learning new material at, at the pace that we do is not something that I've done for, for quite a while, to be uh, completely honest with you. Um, you know, you, you become an expert in, in your field. Um, and you learn little things along the way, but you know, it's a, it's a complete mind, uh, mindset shift, uh, to get back into the, you know, the general learning, um, frame of mind, but then also, uh, coming into things that I really have, you know, almost no background in that was, uh, there was a little bit of trepidation there. Um, uh, but I do think the case method and, uh, way of learning, and then also the, the cohort and the learning teams that, um, you know, that we have from the outset really um, helps support you and, and takes a little bit of that, um, that pressure off. Um, you know, that there's people that have done this, people that have different skill sets um, that can kind of lift you up and help you through some of the material if you're struggling. Um, so, you know, it's just that, that support network that is um, intentionally um, built into the Darn experience really helped, uh, you know, help me get through some of 
the classes where I, you know, felt a little bit less comfortable. Um, the numbers classes, I can navigate those uh, pretty well, but uh, some of the other ones are, are a little bit more outside of my comfort zone, and it's nice having um, others that, are, you know, work professionally in that or have uh, taken classes or, um, you know, different certifications that, that you can bounce ideas off of and, and make sure that you're on the right track. Can you tell us a little bit about your learning team? Uh, I can. I am an LT16. Uh, originally, we actually combined learning teams with another to form uh, a super learning team, I guess, um, to, uh, you know, just further take uh, some of the pressure off of preparing for the OGR weekends. Uh, we've got several people that have a lot of, uh, you know, life things going on uh, with family and new careers and, you know, potentially moving. Um, so uh, we uh, we decided that we'd create a, a little bigger team for a little bit more support uh, just with what was going on in people's lives. Um, but, you know, generally it's uh, six people to start with and uh, very diverse backgrounds, but also I think very intentionally uh, put together by the program team uh, to, you know, hopefully have a good match and have, uh, you know, high performing teams that um, are going to get along and support each other uh, throughout the throughout the um, program. So we uh, we are one of the teams that is still together and uh, still thriving together. So kudos to the program team, at least for uh, for LT16. All right. Well, it's nice to hear about a super team. Uh, this has happened in other classes where all of a sudden as people go through the program, the teams get a little bit bigger, teams combine. Um, why not? Nobody does this program on their own, as we oftentimes note here on the, on the podcast. And so a uh, learning team is a great example uh, of that. And so it's, it's fun just to hear how students have managed uh, the team and you know, sometimes teams grow as you go through the course. Well, Matt, tell us a little bit more about your experience getting started as a, as a business school student here at Darden in the executive MBA program. What was that process like? Yeah, I mean, similar to, to Jack, you, you have to kind of get back in that mindset of, you know, really getting back into to, to learning. And you may be, you know, you may come in with a growth mindset and, and you do that in your in your job. Uh, but really just getting back into the swing of, you know, learning and, and getting out of your comfort zone on topics that you may not be a subject matter expert in. I think it just takes some some resetting. Um, that sense of community for me has been tremendous. I mean, I come in from, from the Dallas area up to, up to DC, you know, about, you know, once a month. And, you know, just the support I have when I get in, I typically have dinner with, uh, you know, someone in, in the cohort and we catch up on life. And then, um, you know, our learning team is, is kind of sharing the, the workload and making sure that our strengths are stepping up and helping others understand the content going into an OGR. Uh, and then I think just just the pace, speaking about that a little bit, you you know, I think, Brett, you described it nice of it, it's a marathon sort of sprints. And, and, you know, we're on a two month block with with three courses per, per block. And it really just the momentum of the program carries you along. So, you know, we're rounding out Q5 right now. We're in finals period, getting ready for Q6 at, you know, second years. And you get, you know, filled up with this momentum and energy. And even though it's a lot, um, it, it's just. The momentum of the program, what you're learning, how you're progressing through, the relationships of the cohort get stronger. I think we're really hitting a sweet spot, at least for me. Um, you know, during case conversations, the, 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 they've gotten better over the last five or six months. We know who is strong in certain in certain expertise areas, 
and just the case method process in, in class is it's really fascinating and it, and it helps you learn um, in that two month period that maybe you think, hey, if I just have the syllabus, how am I going to digest all of this in two months? When you go through the case method, case method, you see how the, the faculty or maestros in, in, in kind of organizing these, these case discussions uh, and then also the cohort getting stronger and, and, and you know, participating and, and sharing their perspectives. Uh, it, it just really fosters a great learning environment. So I think it's been looking back, it's 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 kind of hard to believe. We're second years, I think, you know, I, I booked my Charlottesville Hotel for graduation about three weeks ago, and that felt surreal. Um, but it's it's been a great, great time, great process, and um, really trusting the way that the faculty structures the program to, to learn so much in such a short amount of time is fascinating. It's a good tip for all our listeners uh, coming to Darden. Uh, as soon as you can, book that graduation hotel room. They go quickly. And if, in case you're curious, Executive MBA graduation is on the same weekend as graduation from the undergrad. And so there's lots of competition uh, for those hotel rooms. So important, important information here, Matt. Um, talk to us a little bit about what it's been like traveling in. So you mentioned, you know, you come in, sounds like Thursday night, you catch up with mm -hmm. a classmate. And that's not atypical when I talk to people who are traveling in for the program. Um, oftentimes they will arrive on Thursday just to have some time to get adjusted, uh, to catch up with some folks. Of course, class doesn't officially start. I mean, we talked about homeroom. That typically is around like 1130 on Friday, but it'd be nice to ease in. What have you what have you found works for you in terms of managing uh, this this process? Yeah, absolutely. And I've got a, you know, kudos to my to my current, you know, work environment. They're very supportive. My my current manager got his MBA while working at, at a different program, but understands the, the the strain and demand on time. So, you know, for me, I do a lot of prep leading up to an OGR, um, as we all do. Um, I typically have uh, just under a three hour flight coming into DC. So I, I typically take that time to brush up on the, the cases on Friday. So I get prepared. Um, getting in is nice to reconnect. I have dinner with Jack quite often, other folks in the cohort and just really just catch up and kind of get ready for the weekend. So uh, for me, it's that prep time ahead of, ahead of the week. Uh, me getting in on a Thursday really just takes the variables out of flying up on Friday morning, just with flight delays and weather. Um, it's just a personal comfort for me to get up on Thursday, get settled. And then I wake up Friday. I typically check in on work emails if I have any calls. Um, again, they're supportive of knowing I'm kind of out of pocket at around, you know, 1030 that morning. And then really just going to the weekend, uh, kind of almost refreshed, renewed and ready to go. Um, and that's worked for me, you know, touch wood, um, you know, a year in without any any massive delays or, or disruptions. So um, it, it's been pretty good routine so far. And I imagine you fly into to Reagan, DCA? Yeah, DCA. So DFW to DCA, again, direct shot, um, usually under three hours. And then on the backside, we finish OGR Sunday afternoon. I typically, depending on um, the OGR, um, sometimes we finish a little bit earlier. I'll get in any time between 5 p.m. and 8 p.m. Um, and just with my kind of hybrid work schedule, um, typically that next Monday, I'm kind of recouping, working from home, catching up on emails, and then getting ready for the week. So uh, it's it's been, you know, it's ebbs and flows on when it's, you know, more tiresome than others, but it's definitely doable. And for those who are thinking about commuting in, um, you know, it's definitely, you get into a good routine, you, you get what works for you. Uh, and it's pretty accessible to get into DCA on, on Thursday or Friday morning if you needed to. Yeah, lots of direct flights uh, these days to, D to DCA. And it's about, for, for those of you who are less familiar with Roslyn or Northern Virginia, 
BCA is a little under five miles away from our location here in Roslyn. So just a few stops on the metro, probably about a 10 to 15 uh, minute cab ride. Um, so pretty easy, easy uh, to get here. Now, I will note, uh, Jack and Matt, you both, you, you approached as like a unit. You said, look, I'd, I'd like to, we'd like, we would like to be on uh, the podcast together. And before we kind of get into, you know, the impact of the program thus far, I and mean, we talked a little bit about that and, and you know, what you're looking forward to in your second year. Um, tell me how y'all originally connected. Jack, you want to offer sort of the origin story here? Because I love the fact that like sometimes people just approach me individually, but y'all approached me together and that was great. Yeah, so uh, we have a we have a class Discord that was up and running before um, Leadership Residency One, um, which uh, for the for the listeners is a week long full immersion into uh, into the program. So that's when you first really meet everyone and, and start classes. Um, so a, a lot of case prep goes into that. Uh, before um, beforehand, there was a kind of a, hey, if you're getting into Charlottesville the night before, we'll put together something at a brewery, you know, happy if uh, happy if people can show up. And there was a people were talking on Discord about Peloton, actually. And Matt Gray throws out there, you know, does anyone have a hydro, which is basically a, a rowing version of a Peloton? I'm the only other guy that has one. So we actually both end up then meeting at at the brewery and kind of the rest, the rest is history. You know, it's not, uh, not the greatest story, but, uh, yeah, I mean, a, a friendship was, a uh, friendship was born that day. Matt, does that check out? Yeah, that's a good description of our meet cute as they call it. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, to, to, to build on that a little bit, you know, definitely orientation coming in, we had the discord kind of connection. I reached out to Jack, you know, you're, you're, you're meeting, you know, 140 of your, your cohort and everybody is, you know, you want to have your best first impression. Uh, a lot of new people, again, you know, we're all adults here coming in and, you know, how's it going to be? It's been a while since you're in this environment and, and met Jack at the brewery that, that night ahead of orientation, just had a really deep conversation as with other people. And from there, we just kind of, you know, spun off a, a pretty close friendship and we've been able to, to take a couple trips in the program um on the side and just you know again spending a lot of good time and i think that's one point on the program of you, you know i wasn't expecting that coming in you, you understand hey i'm coming to darden the faculty the case method the reputation a very you know really going to respect my cohort and probably make some friends but just kind of the lifelong relationships you build which is hard to do when you're you know mid-30s you kind of have your, your your community set for the most part um but it's been it's been really refreshing to, to make new friends. And, and obviously Jack is one of those I consider, you know, a lifelong friend after the program. And it just really helps. You're going through this really unique experience together, the ups and downs. We've had calls, hey, I'm struggling with this this week or work is slammed. You know, how, how's it going? And just talking through that with somebody who's going through a similar experience, I think you naturally bond a little bit quicker um, than maybe if, if you weren't going through it together. So uh, it's been great to have that. And, and I'd say our cohort, I'm biased, but I, I would put them up against anybody. It's, it's the, the exact 23s are fantastic. And um, we, we have a really, we work hard and we play hard, but it's been, it's been a good, good experience so far. Well, what I love about what you both shared is that there were already connections happening prior to the start of school, which I would say for our listeners, um, if you're wondering, should I do that? The answer is yes, you absolutely should, because it takes some of the stress out of starting the program 
you've already met people, you've made some connections, you feel like you know a few people, so that when you walk in on the first day of school, I know this is hard to believe because a lot of people are kind of in their 30s, 40s when they do this kind of program, like first day of school, you know, whatever. It feels like the first day of school. Like it is like a little bit of a, a little bit of nervousness. I would say I always pick up on that because we introduce the class and share some things about the class. Um, and you can feel that when you stand on the stage, like everybody's not quite sure. Um, am, am I doing the right thing? Am I, am I, how am I doing? Am I okay? Am I supposed to be here? All these kind of thoughts run through people's uh, heads. And so the more connections you can make, the, the, the more personal connections you can have prior to the start of school, it takes some of that stress out of it. Um, would y'all agree? Would y'all agree with that? Definitely. And I would also say that, you know, especially for us, we were just coming off the pandemic and, um, you know, that was really the first time that um, Darden had actually been in person for a couple of years. So um, a lot of us are used to traveling for work and having work conferences and just generally being more out and about, whether, you know, going to bars, restaurants, whatever, with friends. A lot of those things have been um, kind of eliminated over the past two years. So um, you're now thrown into a very social situation where you probably haven't had a lot of practice. So I think the anxiety level was uh, maybe even a little bit higher than it normally would be when you're meeting, you know, 160 of your new closest friends all at once. But uh, uh, yeah, definitely, definitely reach out to people and try and make some of those personal connections beforehand. Yeah. And I would say, don't be afraid to use the the apps like Discord. If, if that's something foreign or you're not familiar or you don't want to weigh into a conversation because you may be just on the sideline. Uh, we had some some classmates that were kind of later to the game and said, oh, they missed so many great conversations on the Darden before Darden and leading up to orientation. So, you know, definitely use all the resources available um, and, and, and don't be afraid to put yourself out there and, and put, hey, if you share a Peloton or a Hydro or you're into breweries, just put that out there. And you'll be amazed of how much it's, it's you know, the, the, it's receptive and you can come in with, you know, one or two people that you've already had some sort of connection with to, to kind of take, take the edge off. Yeah, I mentioned this in other podcasts, but I would say over the past two to three years, certainly since the, the pandemic has become part of our lives, I started to hear more from people about this ability to meet a lot of people at the same time or to make more social connections because i think that's hard to do right now maybe it's just hard to do in the modern world in this particular moment generally uh, but i do think it feels like the the pandemic may have accelerated this for people and like so the opportunity to be in you know a space with 135 or so really interesting people make some of these connections meet a whole bunch of people all at the same time have this kind of shared experience i think maybe that has even more meaning uh, to people right now. That's just, uh, so I'm trying to read between the lines as people come here on the podcast or I talk with prospective students. Does that resonate with y'all? Yeah, I, I would agree with that. Um, you know, I think a lot of, <laughs> a lot of human nature, um, you know, craves social interaction and it was a, it was a great ability to, you know, to kind of get back out there and, and stretch your social wings a little bit and, and, uh, you know, meet a lot of people that are in the same place for the same reason that you are. Everyone is there knowing that it's going to be a lot of work, but everyone's also there, you know, knowing that it's going to be a lot of work. So you've got people that are willing to, um, you know, put in time and effort and then also put in time and effort into the relationships and, and support each other along the way. So um, while it was meeting a lot of people, it was meeting a lot of people that are, um, you know, there for essentially the same end goal. So I, I think that helped. 
Well, let's talk about the second year now that y'all are wrapping up quarter five, moving into quarter six. Um, Matt, what what are you looking forward to in the in the second year? Are you involved with anything? Um, any electives that you're excited about? What what are your like? Oh man, I'm really excited about this. Yeah, it's a, it's a great question, Brett. I mean, I think you know, you, learning so much and as a first year, right? You go through a lot of the core classes and, and really kind of re, re, rebuild that foundation of of kind of you know classically trained business, if you will. Second year, I'm really excited about. Um, I'm on the Emba track, not the Gimba, which just means I take one global residency and mine's coming up in October for Finland and Estonia. And I'm, I'm really excited about that. So that, that's one kind of key highlight I'm really looking forward to. You know, beginning Q7 is when you get kind of healthy into electives. Um, one thing that, that actually Jack and I are both doing is one of the DART independent studies. So we met an entrepreneur out on the West Coast. We've been kind of building the business case, um, you know, on the side for the last month. And that's something we're going to be putting forward to do the, the Darden independent study, which basically for us, uh, this would be building out a business case, having an assigned faculty to, to help with this, to kind of shepherd it along. Uh, and that's just, that's something that if you asked me two years ago, would you see yourself doing that? I would have said no way. And just to have that ability to explore this as a, you know, entrepreneurial track and kind of consulting with, with this individual who has a business idea, uh, is just something that, that's got me really excited. So those are two. Uh, key highlights of of kind of second year that I'm I'm really really jazzed up about. Have you figured out the faculty member you'll be working closely with? Not yet. We're we're getting close. We we've had a couple conversations with the entrepreneur, um, and I think we're 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 probably leaning towards um, you know Jack can weigh in here, but either operations or maybe marketing, depending on we need a little more information from the entrepreneur. But uh, I think we're getting close to to fine tuning it. All right, more to come. We'll have to have to stay tuned. I appreciate the shout out of the independent study. We always mention it to prospective students because it's become so very popular uh, with executive MBA students, particularly people who have an entrepreneurial interest and want to pursue that, develop a business plan, kind of figure out, do I have a minimally viable product here? They want to work closely with a faculty member on that. Um, it's a great opportunity to do so. Uh, Jack? As you look forward to second year, what are you really excited about? You know, any any clubs, organizations, any electives that you circled? Um, yeah, so I'm on a couple of committees. Um, I'm serving as the uh, VP of finance, so um, on the ESA board, which uh, you know has some pretty exciting, um, you know, I guess perks to it as well. We were able to take a a specific leadership learning lab class this this last quarter, which was um, a really really solid class, very impactful. So, um, if there's anyone out there that's you know potentially toying with trying to take a student leadership position, there are uh, definite definite perks to uh, serving in that capacity. It's it's not just um, time out of your day. You you know you definitely get something out of it as well, along with working with some of the other leaders. Um, you just form deeper friendships with them as well. Um, and then similar to Matt, uh, you know, international travel, I'm actually on, uh, I'm on the Gimba track though. So I've got, uh, three trips here on the back end of the program. So October, December, February. So I'll be, uh, pretty busy taking, taking those. I'm doing, uh, Finland, Estonia, Australia, and then Morocco. So, uh, a couple destinations there that probably weren't on the short list for personal travel. So if you can, go uh go get some some college credit and also uh also experience a new uh 
new culture and see what it's like to do business down there. I think, um, you know, those are, those are the two, uh, two things that I'm most excited about. Yeah. I appreciate uh, the point about maybe these are places that I wouldn't have thought to travel, you know, personally, Lottie Carr, who manages these trips uh, for our executive format students always throws that out there on the webinar that we host for incoming students about global opportunities that oftentimes students will choose locations that they're not certain that they would have gone to otherwise um, because, well, you get to do it with a really interesting group of people. And um, typically once people go on one global trip, they want to do more. Um, so uh, that, that's the case for Gimba, um, I would say, is uh, invariably we have a, have a few students in every class that, that are in before Matt and they go on a trip and they're like, okay, I get it now. I, under, I understand. Um, did y'all coordinate on Finland, Estonia? Or did that just work out that way? I think there's a little bit of coordination over uh, wine one night. I think that's how it came about. <laughs> I appreciate that. Jack, am I right that you're also involved with the Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion Committee? I feel like I've, I've heard an announcement or two from you in, in Homeroom. Yeah, yeah, I am. And, uh, you know, we're really starting to uh, to kind of find our groove um, with some of the initiatives that we've been planning over the last couple months. Um, just the the amount of effort and uh, that it takes to get some of these things off the ground because we're we're really trying to instead of we're trying to build on some of the things that have been done in the past, but also really try to um, you know, start at the base level and rethink how we want to leave our mark as um, you know the diversity inclusion board and then be able to pass those things on to um, you know the next class if they choose to continue those initiatives or not. But we want to be able to to hand over something, not just do an event, but hand over something that, you know, can potentially leave a, leave a mark, uh, you know, for, for years to come with other, um, in, you know, diversity inclusion boards if, if they choose to continue pursuing that. Yeah, y'all are doing some great things. We've talked about the microaggression wall uh, that's been posted uh, past two weekend residencies. Um, here in Roslyn, uh, the thing that was really compelling about that um, is not just, you know, sort of documenting here's people's experiences with microaggressions and, you know, this is what these things are, but also sharing how this made the person feel um, and get, giving that additional sort of personal context. I thought I thought that was really tremendous. Yeah, thanks, Brett. It, you know, it was important for us to crowdsource those from, um, you know, our, from our cohort, uh, just to have some additional impact versus just going for a Google search and saying, this is a microaggression. Um, but, you know, bringing it into perspective of these are the people that were around every day. These are people that you care for. Um, these are your friends. And these are the type of things that, um, you know, some of them put up with, uh, you, you know, quite often. And it, it really just drives home the point of, you know, how hurtful they can be and how we all just need to, you know, be a little bit more, um, you know, cognizant of uh, the things that we say and how they can have different meanings to different people. So uh, that was one thing that's very important is, is to get, uh, you know, source those from the class itself. I appreciate your, your sharing that. And um Still, uh, I'm looking forward to what's to come. I mean, your class has made no small plans, right? So when I talk to the Executive Student Association leadership, they have big things in mind. When I talk to all the clubs and organizations, uh, those leaders, uh, they have big things in mind. Of course, the DEI, 
uh, committee are doing things and hopes to accomplish even more in the coming year. So it would be fun to see um, what the class comes up with. I, I'm curious, you know, when you look back on the past year and where you started to where you are now, Matt, um, what has been the impact in terms of your growth, development? Is there something that jumps out to you uh, when you think about these two points uh, in your life? Yeah, I mean, there's there's so much there, Brett. I think while you're in the moment and the momentum of the program's carrying you along, it's you know you're you're constantly looking forward. So when you when you take a time when you take time and kind of reflect back, I mean, just the the, the breadth and depth of experiences thus far. I obviously see business obstacles a little bit differently than I did before, actually drastically different. And you think to consider other perspectives, that's kind of the the program teaches you to think, you know, not just your own perspective and your baseline, but taking others into account to make the best decision. But I think almost like not, not sounding cheesy, but just how you see, you see the world. I mean, just relationships, you know, are different where you choose to spend your time, where you're, you know, I've become much more intentional because you have to be with, with this program. And I think it's, it's created even in the, 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 the sense of the chaotic weeks or quarters, it's the sense of calm that you're, you, you know, where you're spending your time, um, how you're thinking through issues, how you're approaching challenges, and just an extreme level of, of confidence that you can really take on anything. I think that's been the big takeaway. So outside of the learnings of just the, what, you, what you're experiencing day in and day out with, with the cohort, the learning team, and the faculty, um, just you as a human in your own growth, uh, you, I, I've just the confidence has been extremely um, enhanced throughout this program looking at you know the first year. been asking that question of a number of your classmates here on the podcast, and almost to a person, people say confidence. Hmm. Why do you think that is? I mean, I think if, if you drew up, you know, Matt, you're going to be faced with this amount of work, plus your your social life and your day job. And these are the topics you're going to be learning in a two month period, even coming in with a high level of confidence or said you this is impossible. Right. So when you actually get in that and you learn how to prioritize where your strengths are, um, you know, enhancing some of your your areas for development and, 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 and opportunities, when you see that come together and, and you're, you're seeing success in that, um, I, I think it just gives you a sense of calm and confidence that there's really nothing you can't handle because we're juggling so many things and doing it, maybe not with ease, but doing it successfully. Uh, and and that's, that's recognized within the cohort and outside as well. So I have a huge support system in my social network and also my, my current work environment. And just that that continued support and, you know, really recognizing all the all the demands on the time and, and managing to successfully, you know, complete and manage through. Uh, you, you just have this sense of confidence that there's there's really nothing you, you can't handle, which is um, which is really refreshing and, 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 and gives you a ton of confidence. I appreciate your, your sharing that, Matt. And uh, that resonates with what I've heard from both current students and, and alumni that like this just expands your own sense of your, your potential, what, what you can do. Um, so, Jack, how about you when you think about where you started to where you are now? Um, how have you grown? How have you developed? Uh, you know, very similar to Matt, I, you know, I would say confidence is, is definitely um, a word that comes to mind. Um, you know, a, a, another thing for me is I'd been advocating kind of internally at the company I'm at uh, for myself to try and uh, take on more business side roles outside of just directly engineering. And um, 
you know, had a lot of good conversations about it, but nothing really ever came of it until I was about uh, two months into this program. And all of a sudden, um, you know, fully on the business side now doing market development. So um, it is one of those things where it's, you know, maybe it was less, you know, I think they knew that I could do it, but I think there was a little bit maybe trepidation of um, was I fully committed? And then you show that you're fully committed, you're going to this program, and then you basically immediately can start a little bit talking the talk um, as well. And, you know, I found that there are things that we learn every week that I could have applied the previous week in my job had I have known that, or the next week something comes up that I learned the previous week. And I, you know, you just are so much more clued into the conversation and it's not just sitting there listening. You can actually sit, listen, internalize what they're talking about and then formulate some thoughts back. Um, and that just shows and, you know, proves a little bit that, you know, maybe that you belong there. Um, and that kind of builds your confidence going into those conversations uh, and builds other people's confidence in you that, um, you know, that they can trust you with certain things that, you know, maybe your direct experience wouldn't lead them to believe if they just read your resume. Um, so, I, you know, I think for, for me personally, that's, you know, been one impactful thing. All right. Well, we always ask everybody the same last question, a word of advice, a, a tip. Uh, something you would encourage our listeners to consider as as they navigate their own MBA journeys. Uh, Jack, can I come to you first? Yeah. Um, so I think the biggest piece of advice is that know that it's going to be a lot of work, but also really do take to heart that you don't have to do it by yourself. You do have a support network. You've got a great cohort. You'll have a learning team. If you're struggling, the program team, you know, reach out to them. They'll do whatever they can. Um, you know, it's, it's really a supportive environment. Um, it is it is a lot of work, but you can get through it. Every you know, everyone gets through it. You won't be any different. Um, but, you know, just just make sure that if you need something, reach out, lean in to uh, your support network and, and you'll be just fine and you'll learn a heck of a lot. and meet you know some lifelong friends along the way so they couldn't be uh again couldn't be any more pleased with the uh the experience to this to uh today all right matt you get the last word here a piece of advice for our listeners yeah absolutely i mean while, while the the listeners are considering you know this this program and maybe others um you know it is it is a bit of a marathon but it is it is definitely a journey worth worth pursuing um, I think the, the the mixture of learnings, both from a professional setting um, and also just just the way you view uh, your relationships and life and, and global issues is, is significant and it's it's life changing in a positive manner. Um, and, and while those are getting ready for, you know, potential starting the program before things get too hairy, I would say really sit down and prioritize what's important right now because there will be ebbs and flows in the program that <clears throat> you can't go to that birthday party or that friend's wedding um, and you have to kind of prioritize what's important and it, it's not always the same every week. So take a moment before things get too chaotic to really understand these are my, my glass balls, if you will, and I can't let them break and these are plastic and they can be ebbs and flows um, just to, to kind of mentally prepare yourself for the, the two-year marathon uh, before you get into it. 
all good advice. Um, thank you both for coming on the podcast and sharing all these great insights with our listeners. And congratulations again on reaching this point in the program. How exciting. Moving into the second year. Graduation will be here. Make your hotel room reservations if you haven't done it already. Absolutely. You know, I'm make them now, I don't know if you're going to get one, Brad. I, I think they go, uh, <laughs> they go fast as an understatement. Absolutely. Brad, thank you so much for having us. Um, really enjoyed it. And thank you. Yeah, appreciate uh, appreciate you having us, Brad. Always a pleasure. And that was my interview with Matt Gray and Jack Elsie, two students in our executive MBA class of 2023. As always, if you have any comments, suggestions, requests, anything you'd like for us to cover here on the podcast, we're all ears. We can be reached at exec, that's E-X-E-C, MBA at darden.virginia.edu. Till next time, stay safe, be well, and thanks for listening.